Thank you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. Father God, thank you for your mercy on us, Lord. Lord, your word says that your mercy is new every single morning, Lord. We witness that even in this rough season, Lord. We thank you for, you know, pouring your, your, your attention, pouring your, uh, you know, time over us, covering us in every possible way, you know, helping us to get through our tough situation. Lord, we also pray uh, for people around our city, around our nation, you know, those who are struggling, those who are having tough time, let you be their comforter. Let you be the one who would take them out of uh, this whole situation, Lord. Lord, we, today we pray for the service, Lord. We pray for the word that's going to come. We pray for the, the blessing that's going to be released. We, we adore you and we, we, we honor you, Daddy. We give you all the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. Uh, how many of you uh, joined us online last night? Uh, we had few um, uh, viewers watching us. We spoke about uh, uh, the whole uh, concept which is connected to suicide and uh, depression. Uh, and I, I couldn't think anything better to actually touch base uh, even today morning because uh, as you all know what's happening around there's a lot of if you've seen news um, there is this scenario that's happened around and uh, a very popular actor uh, in India committed suicide and and there's a lot of debate out there uh, you know he did it out of depression he did it out of uh, uh, anxiety issues and we don't know we don't know what exactly has happened but it has actually initiated a great amount of debate, great amount of conversation. And I, I also felt like yesterday night when we were discussing, uh, God was pressing my heart to touch on this topic and elaborate this even more. Because this is one of those topics which we generally don't really look. I mean, it's not widely outspoken. Uh, it's not really discussed uh, within a church setup. Um, uh, but it's very sensitive. It's, it's something which is a very reality in our society, which we somewhere overlook. You know, I'm not saying all the other teachings that we have in church are wrong. No, those are absolutely good. But the, the, there are some core root cause problems, you know, which is actually disturbing and, um, you know, uh, making uh, the situation more tough for the body of Christ. And those we generally call it as a pain areas, you know, and that's, that's something as a congregation or as a church, I, I believe we should uh, speak quite often. We should uh, have a good conversation around. We should have a good uh, mentorship and understanding passed on to the entire church so that the whole church is aware of it. You know, and you don't really have to wait for a scenario to happen and then you pick up a topic and then you actually start discussing on it because it's quite there it's quite there like uh, interestingly i don't know if you were tuned in last night and i gave few stats and it was staggering 
the amount of suicide cases uh, that we have uh, in our nation is tremendous. It's, it's humongous in numbers. Right, and it's a, it's a it's a time to it's it's a time to actually look. It's a time to actually uh, focus on that area. Like if you're worried about people dying about from coronavirus, the number is ten thousand. But let me give you people dying out of suicide in our country is more than a lakh per year. That's a staggering number, and this is variety of age groups. Uh, you know, specifically uh, from an age of fifteen to twenty nine or fifteen to thirty, and uh, from 30 to uh, 50 mark. This is the age group that generally comes under the scanner for uh, this, this uh, you know, suicidal tendency. So it becomes even more important for us to actually look and understand what is this all about? And how as a church, you know, can we uh, find a solution or can we look from a angle that you know can be a support or that can be a helpful uh, hand for people out there right so uh, I had something prepared but I don't really uh, feel led to actually go on that so that's the reason I told Penas to actually put up Psalms 139 can we quickly go there and read that first and then uh, we get into the word um, Psalms 139 verse 1 goes this way Oh Lord, okay, come on, can we read it together? Oh Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down or stand up. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say, Lord. You go before me and follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. This is, this is powerful. You know, the whole uh, chapter uh, of, of 139 basically touches the ideology of how someone is already taking care of us you know, which we don't realize, how someone is actually looking after us, which we don't realize. You know, we, uh, we at times are in a place where we feel lonely, where we feel, uh, uh, you know, uh, we are detached from our social being, especially like I see a lot of uh, African brothers and sisters. You guys are far from your home. You guys are far from your family. And when you come to a place which is not really known and which is not really accustomed for, for you, there is a sense of you going into that phase of you feeling lonely, you know, that you feeling, uh, you know, disconnected from everything that you have. I want to start uh, putting this assurance saying that uh, no matter what situation that you are dealing, you know, our God, Jesus is always there for you. You know, he goes before you. He tries and understand what is you, uh, you are dealing with. He tries and puts forward the best, uh, you know, place so that you will be more comfortable. So I want to rest assure you that no matter in what situation that you are, our God is always there to help you and assist you and take you out of, uh, you know, that uh, situation. Now saying that, what is depression? 
depression uh, is a state wherein you know um, your mental capacity or a mental uh, capacity to think or to perform something or to do something is not at the right place you know it, it, it's it's kind of a scenario you know i, I kind of got few uh, definition probably not the perfect definition but we can still probably understand it says it's a feeling of being physically mentally emotionally and spiritually exhausted you know the feeling of exhaustion you don't really want to uh, either do this or do that you know it's just that at that state of mindset which you know which is which is kind of painful because most of the times this happens with a lot of issues that is connected you know uh, so it's that state and generally people will have no idea how to resolve this you know people who have uh, learned psychology I, I guess Sharon here practices that so she would know this much better you know it, it, it's a state where you don't really have a clue or an answer how do I go about this how do I deal with this and I'm sure most of us have been there at some uh, some phase of our life uh, probably we might not have uh, uh, realized it probably we might not have really identified it there could be various level where it could be very extreme where it could be um, you know very uh, mild depression which can be uh, easily taken over but in extreme cases it goes even worse right so that's what what we have to address and that's what we have to actually uh, look um, into this because most of the time for example if I meet a depressed person generally I don't know whether he or she is depressed I cannot directly identify it's kind of invisible it's a very invisible way of saying uh, you know this person is going through something so it's pretty tough for us to actually uh, initiate even that conversations to uh, un understand whether what is the reality now I know for the fact that uh, you know uh, we had a similar phase in our life um, you know uh, right after we gave birth to Caitlin uh, there was a phase that um, Penal had to go through a, uh, a area of depression you know of course in clinical term it's called as postpartum postpartum depression and you know uh, today when I look back uh, I, I really get a lot of strength out of it because a lot of time what happens is we don't discuss this in general and most of the times we over spiritualize things uh, saying that that's fine brother you are going to come out totally strong you don't have to worry uh, but but we also have to look how can we deal and how can we treat this now I'm sharing my, my testimony because uh, this could be beneficial for some of you or this could be helpful for some of you watching there online so it's a very personal thing that I'm I'm actually touching base uh, because no one shared this with us honestly before we uh, you know we went into uh, you know delivery we no one shared this because anytime we spoke to someone uh, understanding their experience it's all good and somehow people like talking only good right that's the reality but there is a lot of in-depth thing which we don't uh, really know and after this we realized like whenever we 
have an opportunity, you know, it's good to open up our life and give that as an example. Because you never know what the other person is going through or probably that they will have to deal in a future stage. All right, so briefly, uh, this is very personal, but um, you know, I, I really felt uh, the need to uh, touch on this point, and I, I took permission from Penal before I came in, and I asked her, is it okay if we discuss this, because this is very personal, and uh, uh, she said, that's absolutely fine, because if someone can actually benefit, someone can actually uh, get a sense that it's not only them, uh, there are other people who deals with the same situation, it's perfectly fine, and if that can help, nothing like it. So what what we went through was a state wherein we couldn't realize for approximate three months after, for, for, for a span of three months after Caitlin was born, because suddenly everything changed. You know, suddenly uh, there is a crying baby in your house uh, who requires uh, your attention, who requires food probably every two hours, um, and there is stress on you, there is uh, physical stress on you, especially uh, with penal because uh, she had to go through uh, a C-section and there was a physical stress that she had to deal. And for me it was new. I, I couldn't understand what, what it was. For me, uh, I was in my normal routine, which was like, uh, get up in the morning, uh, go to work, come back and just uh, spend time with uh, Penal and Caitlin for the time that I have. This continued. But eventually, my routine drained out uh, Penal because uh, somewhere she didn't have that uh, helping hand, you know, not just in terms of the physical uh, helping hand to do the uh, house stuff, but also from an emotional point of view. Because this is the phase where everyone gets very emotionally weak, emotionally drained out. And, and it, it, we, we analyzed this after you know, she came out of this. It drained out from her desire to do anything. It drained out her from uh, uh, having any spiritual understanding. She, she had to withdraw her aspiration. Uh, she went to an extent saying that, um, she won't pursue her career. She would uh, just focus on what is there right now. Uh, and and she, by the way, she's very aspirational by the time it comes to a career point of view. Right now she is preparing for uh, a judicial exam and that's what her goal is. And I'm so glad that she's back in that track. Uh, uh, so, so and, and that made me so stressful, thinking that, what happened to this, uh, you know, uh, this, this, this girl that I know from a very long time, and all of a sudden I see a different uh, uh, identity of this person. And that's when we realized that this is something to do with the, the, the concept of depression that that person is going through in that scenario. And we had to really do a lot of research on that. Uh, we have to really go into a, a time of uh, counseling. I'm so glad that we have uh, all our leaders, all our pastors here who stood up, stood up with us at that point of time and helped us through in terms of understanding what we are. 
going through. And that gave us a lot of courage. And this phase of three months, you know, trust me, it was very painful because we couldn't establish any foundation there because it's been like we're first time parents and we have no clue what do we do with this baby. It's as, as, like, as like that blank canvas that we have. And there has to be a lot of counseling. There has to be a lot of uh, uh, understanding and focusing and redirecting back to what our foundation really helped us. You know, really helped uh, you know, for us to actually move out of that phase. I know I've not shared this with most of our leaders, but our pastors know this, uh, all of our pastors know this, and you know, we've been very open, and we've been very shameless to actually approach them every single time when we have you know, gone through this. And I would say that's one of the best things that we did, honestly speaking, because uh, we couldn't figure this out. And especially in a society like us, we quite uh, feel ashamed or embarrassed to open up a topic with another person, which is actually very, very, uh, not a good option or a good way to approach. Uh, we have to go and approach people who you think can help us, who you think, you know, is the best resource that we can tap in. And you have to approach them uh, shamelessly. I think this is what the word that Pastor Rashmi told me. Approach us shamelessly. Don't worry that what we would think and what we would, uh, you, know, uh, you, you know, you will think that we are taking that time. That's not the case. If you, if you need help, you need to knock the door. You know, Bible says in Matthew 7, ask and you shall receive. Knock and the door will, there's one more, right? Seek and you shall find. What does that emphasize? That you got to go put your action first and then you, you know, get some solution out of it. So, uh, what I want to, uh, the reason why I'm, why again I'm trying to put this across is because it, it can help you or because it can actually, some of you might have gone through this and some of you can actually correlate uh, or some of you are actually going through this and this can be beneficial. The first one that I want to touch base uh, saying is, uh, if, you, if, you, if, you, if you look in the news right now, the whole idea of suicide, you know, suicide is actually the root, or I would say the fruit of depression. There is a correlation of depression and, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, there is uh, depression which leads to suicide. Now, all these cases that we hear and learn online are somewhere related to some hurt, some... Uh, you know, uh, mental issues, some, some are related to finances, some are related to relationship issues, uh, some are related to the, the, the whole uh, cultural issues that we have. And all of this leads uh, that person to be in a state of depression and eventually taking a step to committing a suicide. Now, this is just what I got online and it says, uh, this is the whole world's uh, statistics. About 800,000 people kill themselves every uh, single year, which is so depressing, which is so uh, sad to hear and, and look at the number. And it is considered as 10th largest cause of death in the world. Um, another stat says that, uh, I, I mentioned this last night as well, especially in students, especially in the age group of 15 to 2021, 20, there is uh, 
great rate of, of you know students committing suicide because of the pressure uh, and 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 the situations that they're dealing it says that every hour in india there is one student who's committing suicide that's like staggering 24 kids 24 students taking their life every single day uh, I'm sorry to discuss such a sensitive topic on a Sunday morning. If you're here to, uh, you know, hear a very powerful and, uh, you know, sh shout and praise and voila uh, sermon, uh, probably not, but it's a very sensitive issue and I felt so much of uh, pressing that I should address this. Uh, is that okay? Yes. All right. Um, the first point that I want to talk about is addressing saying that uh, you're not alone we are not alone in this now um, of course I, I wanted to have so much of biblical reference to this so that uh, you know you don't think that I'm giving a gyan on a Sunday morning here I, I, I went and I uh, read a few books a few chapters out of uh, Bible and interestingly there are a lot of uh, biblical uh, characters who were also in a state of depression and who also thought that uh, probably killing themselves or uh, committing a suicide is a right option. You know, one such example uh, is Elijah, Prophet Elijah. Now, if if you read, sorry, if you read First uh, Kings uh, chapter 18, especially, wow, that that chapter gives whole different personality of who Prophet Elijah is. You know, he is he's doing miracles after miracles. You know, he is challenging people. Uh, he is challenging the false prophet and he is in a place where he's bringing the fire from heaven. He's bringing rain. Uh, he's prophesying and things that that you would generally don't see, um, you know, not on a normal day. But Prophet Elijah was in that phase. If you go back and read chapter 18, it talks about all of those. So the whole instance that happened at Mount Carmel and how he challenged all 400 uh, prophets of Baal and uh, he, he took over them. But chapter 19, the title of the chapter itself says that Elijah flees. Like, I, I was trying to contemplate this idea. How can someone who is so confident move into a direction which showcases that he is so weak? How is that possible? So it, it showcases that, that even the prophets were in, you know, sparred or rather they were, uh, you know, they were also in a place where they were depressed. Now, it, it says here that, then he went out on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I had enough, Lord, uh, he said, take my life, for I am no better than my ancestor who have already died. Can you imagine it's a prophet who is... You know, who is saying that I want to die, I want to uh, end my life out of this. Especially, it surprises us when that person has come up from such a victorious phase of his life. Probably that was the most powerful sermon that he ever delivered in his whole lifetime. 
chapter 18. And then comes a phase wherein he is, uh, you know, tired or rather when he is uh, in a state of brokenness and he is pleading to God saying that, Lord, kill me, Lord, take my life out of this. Can you correlate? Can you understand the uh, mentality of Prophet uh, Elijah here? What he is going through? Yes, no? Let's see another example. It's Jeremiah. The words that Jeremiah has spoken is like even more painful. Jeremiah goes all the way back to the day when he was born. And he curses like uh, the angel who got the good news to his father that you're going to have a son. And he says, why was I ever born? My entire life has been filled with troubles, sorrow, and shame. Amen. Let's see another example. And this is my favorite, Mr. Jonah, Prophet Jonah. Ah, like, I, I remember um, Pastor Priji quoting this uh, in the chapter of Jonah. Everything went well. Everything was correct except the thinking that Jonah had. You know, everything, like, you know, think about the winds, think about the waves, think about the fish, uh, think about the people on the boat who had that idea of sacrificing. All that was right, but um, uh, Prophet Jonah had a different uh, concept here. And uh, uh, he was frustrated at the end. He says that this change of plans greatly upsets Jonah. And he became very angry. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Now, these are not normal people, by the way. These are giants when it comes to, uh, you know, when you talk about faith, when you talk about, um, you know, the God in them, the, uh, the, the, the understanding of uh, theology. And they also had weakness. They also had um, a, a phase of their life wherein they felt weak, they felt uh, helpless. So it's quite normal, it's quite, um, you know, existing issue out there in our congregation, out there in our society. And it's high time that as a body of Christ, we start speaking on these topics. We start discussing this uh, even more in a very open setup like this because um, because these are the pain areas these are the issues that needs to be addressed right away which is actually uh, breaking or, or actually uh, killing the society amen, amen. Are, are you understanding what I'm trying to put here yep you're getting something uh, you already like oh man this is not the topic that I expected <laughs> okay all right so um, while we look at these examples, we'll also have to look at a uh, few, uh, few misconceptions, there you go, which is there, uh, out there, and we need to actually understand uh, why are these misconceptions out there. Uh, depression is not real. Uh, this is quite often said, this is often preached, this is often uh, discussed, saying that it's not real, it's your way of thinking, it's your way of dealing things. But uh, depression is an actual scenario which exists uh, in most of our life, in some of the other phase that we experience. Depression is sin. 
That's, that's, that's like the biggest uh, no thing, you know, depression is not a sin. I've heard someone saying depression is because you've committed something in your past and uh, you know, that's a way of, uh, um, you know, you punish. That's absolutely wrong. Uh, it's shameful to discuss mental illness openly. See, this is one area which is not addressed, you know, again, as I was talking about earlier. We don't talk about this mental illness openly. Why? Because it's a very sensitive topic. You know, uh, there's one interesting article that I read that there are three topics that we don't uh, really discuss. Okay, one is uh, sex, finance, and uh, suicide. We talk about everything which is out there, but you know, generally, I'm saying from a uh, from a discussion point of view, we don't really see these topics generally being put out in, not just in church setup, by the way, but also from uh, you know, a community setup point of view or organization point of view or even the education system point of view. In fact, these are the main pain areas that we always had and we still have. And it's high time that you know, we all uh, have to clear this misconception. Can you go to the next slide, which basically gives you reality? Depression is a real illness that impacts the brain's ability to function as it should, right? So it's, it's a capacity of that person not in a position to do certain things that he was used to do or she was used to do. Depression is an illness and it's not a sin, okay? So if, if you have your friends, if you have a, someone who's actually going through a similar situation, I will urge you to take the onus or the responsibility and educating them you know, how do we deal with this? Church community should be the safe environment for people to discuss uh, mental health without judgment. Uh, we were discussing this last night uh, and uh, before we went live and me, Sidjo and Elena was discussing. Uh, in society, when we talk about counseling, uh, we think that there is something seriously wrong with that person. That's the general idea. You're going for counseling, which means you have some issues. Well, uh, probably not necessary. He might have some issues, but it's ideal to have that conversation built over a period of time with someone who is expert or someone who's already uh, practiced or someone who's having an understanding of that issue so that you study, you know, so that you actually equip yourself to deal with such a scenario which might happen in future, right? So one of the things that um, you know, I, I learned at the very early stage was to have a constant uh, counseling sessions with your leaders and with your pastors. Uh, doesn't matter you're dealing with the situation. You, you might be or you might not be, but still have that constant interaction or the communication channel build on. That helps you a lot. You know, our church, we, we do a lot of um, you know, investment when it comes to mentorship. We've been focusing and we've been emphasizing on the fact of how important it is to have a mentor. You know, if, you, uh, if you're placed in this church and if you, are, if you look yourself as a leader, it's so important that you get a different perspective. You get a different way of uh, looking at things. You get a different uh, ideology from a person probably who has already gone through that. So there is misconception and there is this hard reality uh, you know, that we need to 
uh, touch base and understand. Amen. Let's go to the next slide. Uh, one important thing that uh, we probably think, like this happened with us as I was discussing earlier, when we are in the state of depression, that's the time when enemy uses the best of his opportunity to make us feel that you're not connected with God. And, and uh, it, it says, no, enemy tries uh, over time to make sure that you feel, uh, you experience that uh, you're not connected with God. Um, while depression is a mental illness, it's not from God. It's, it's not what his portion, it's not what uh, he has uh, designed for us. You know, it's, it's, you know, I'm going more from a theological point of view. It's, it's more from the idea of uh, the, the, the devil to put us down, to put us uh, uh, away from our vision or goal which we are foreseeing. And today we realize this, you know, like after uh, Caitlin is going to be like a year now in another month, and we had this like six months after this whole phase, we went back and understood that every time we had this uh, attacks of depression, it was basically to take us out of our vision or out of our whole goal that we had. Uh, you know, like I was talking about Penal's uh, goal of becoming uh, a judicial uh, or a judge, if I can say, uh, and I've never ever seen like, I've known her for like what, seven years now, and that's been, that, that's been her passion ever since that I've known, and that she wants to uh, go into judiciary side of the uh, law, and I was surprised to hear this from her saying that, you know what, I'm going to give this up. Uh, this is not what I can do. And uh, somewhere I had that courage of holding it down, saying that, okay, you take it easy and uh, uh, you, you take your time and you don't have to rush. Uh, that was the plan. And enemy was quite successful in doing that. Enemy was quite, uh, uh, you know, he kind of hit a six on that ball and made sure that we go through that. Somewhere, they, uh, somewhere he distracted us from our goal. It impacted me as uh, a pastor. It impacted me as my walk with God. You know, I had to deal with a lot of understanding like, what am I doing here? You know, how do I deal with this? You know, so uh, that's what the plan is. But the reality is, you're still connected with God. It's just that phase makes you feel or makes you believe that you're not connected with God. So I want to tell anyone who is going through a similar state, if you think God is not working for you, God is not there for you, God is not looking after you, trust me, He's still uh, you know, besides you. He's still sitting there right next to you. you know, he walks before you walk. He, you know, he gives you any scenario before you go into that. So He's there for you. He's still connected for you. He's still helping out. Uh, it's just that phase makes you feel that he's not there. But trust me, he is there. We'll take a few four verses here. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 12 and 13. It says, there is so much more I want to tell you, but uh, you can't bear it now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. 
He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. This is the, this is the spirit of God that uh, you know, Jesus gave us. The, the gift of Holy Spirit that we, we quite often overlook and we don't realize that we have someone called as Holy Spirit who is there to assist you. So the Spirit of God is always there uh, looking after you, helping you, talking to you and uh, uh, making sure that you, know, you are okay, making sure that you are actually uh, in the right uh, phase. Amen. I think uh, this was an old version of the slide that I prepared. Uh, All right, so that's one. Um, I want to touch base on um, to understand that uh, how can we deal with, or let's, let's look at what are the causes for depression. Okay, I, I really don't have the verses, uh, but we'll have a conversation because I have it with me here now. Um, most of the depression that happens, or rather which is there, is a result of a hurt which is existing. You know, it could be, as I, as I was talking about earlier, it could be uh, a personal hurt, it could be a relationship hurt, it could be, uh, you know, uh, a generational hurt which is there, like uh, it's passed on from one generation to another generation and you don't realize it, but it's purely because of the hurt which is existing there. And, uh, the idea of looking at this is not to fix something. You know, we look at it as something is broken. While it is not broken, it's like you have to fix this area of hurt first, and then eventually you going to your right path. Eventually you end up uh, uh, getting the idea that you're coming out of it. And like the concept of hurt, you know, when we went through was so intense for us, like spe specifically for penal that um, you know, we had, uh, we, we had uh, scenarios wherein we couldn't deal with things that we could normally do. Because this will blank out, this will take the whole attention that you had, this will make us feel miserable. And it's about the hurt, it's about how do we deal with this hurt. So what we did was we try and understand, we try and understood the, the area of pain that Penal was actually dealing with. So her major uh, requirement was the emotional quotient that she was not receiving. You know, the emotional attachment that she wanted in that phase was not getting fulfilled. You know, in other words, you have something called as emotional tank, you know, which was not getting fulfilled. There are different tanks. Uh, there's this brilliant book uh, on, on uh, five love languages and one of the quotient is uh, emotional tank. And uh, I think the author's name is Gary Chapman. Uh, it says that everything has to be balanced out. You know, some people looks for more affection, some people looks for more emotion, some people looks for more of physical touch, some people looks for more of gifts. So, in this scenario, the quotient was uh, for penal to have more of emotional tank filled. Uh, and for me to understand that took a little while. Because for me, all the examples that I had in my experience was, they're okay. This is normal. 
You know, you go through all this. And I was so dumb to actually think that way. Um, because I didn't realize, because I didn't, I didn't really, sorry for the word dumb. Uh, I didn't understood what uh, is that, uh, you know, pain area. Because uh, whenever I see someone who has given birth, they were all okay. You know, they came to church every week. They, they, they danced. They, they, they came here and preached. So these are the examples that I had. And I was correlating that, what's wrong with you? Look at them. And that's where I analyzed that it's so wrong to take someone else's feeling and put it in another's feeling or to compare what other person goes through with another person because every individual has a different approach, you know, different requirement, different capacity. And uh, it took me a little while to actually get hold of that. And the moment I got an understanding that this is what she requires, I went ahead and put an extra mile to make sure that her emotional quotient is fulfilled. You know, I remember uh, um, we, uh, we had our dad and mom there and Penal had, hasn't stepped out of the house for almost three months. And uh, I don't know what happened, but just one evening I said, let's go and have coffee because baby is sleeping and we have our parents taking care of our baby. And uh, when we went out and we just, just in Hormau and we had coffee and we came back, I saw a different penal altogether. I saw a different uh, way of uh, she talking to me. I, I, I saw an instant change in her. She was more happy. She was instantly feeling, uh, you know, relieved for the fact that she had this opportunity of exploring outside. And I was thinking, it's quite okay. You are in pain, so rest. Why do you want to go out? But that was so wrong of me to actually think from my uh, point of view. Uh, but, and that's the point I realized that these are the things that she's more, uh, uh, you know, longing for or, or, uh, or, or she wants to actually get herself involved. I know she's in pain, but she needs that break from being a mother uh, uh, for at least for, uh, let's say, 20 minutes, 30 minutes and live her own life like, just like how she was earlier. And I, I made it a practice that we do this quite often. Uh, whenever we had someone over taking care of Caitlin, we made sure that we uh, go there. And even when we didn't had, uh, uh, you know, people to help us, we troubled all our pastors. We just gave Caitlin to them and we went to have uh, uh, lunch and we went shopping. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the good thing. If you live in a community, everybody is near. So that kind of works in benefit for you. So we took that opportunity. and. And it, it eventually helped us. It eventually helped us to open up that side and understand that this is the quotient, this is the tank that, uh, you know, that this person requires. And uh, today, uh, I would say that we are completely out of that. Uh, praise God for that. We are completely healed from the, uh, dip, the idea of depression. And in fact, uh, in fact, uh, we, we, we went, we are kind of moving so fast right now that uh, uh, probably, um, you know, we didn't expect all of these things to happen so fast. Uh, Penal, uh, I'm, I'm so proud of her that she started uh, back with her uh, goal. She started uh, focusing on her career back. Uh, she is now 
uh, working under a senior lawyer, doing her internship. Uh, she's preparing for uh, her uh, LLM, which is the Masters in Law. She's preparing for her uh, judicial exam, which is All India Bar exam, which is next month. Uh, she's also looking to uh, contemplate and try and understand if she can give an exam on, uh, what is that called, junior magistrate judge in the upcoming quarter. Like, that's so much. Can you see the transformation of a person? And trust me, it, it, it made me realize it, it's so important to address such issues at the right time, at the right scenario, because uh, what happens after that if you don't touch or if you don't deal with the scenarios at the uh, crucial moment is that you miss that person, you, you actually uh, lose that person. And that's what exactly is happening with people around, right? What do you think people... See, people are commenting on all different social medias that it's depression, but what have we exactly done to deal with this thing? You know, that's where the role or that's where the responsibility as a body of Christ really comes out. That's where we as a congregation needs to be more aware of the fact that this is a real scenario and how do we deal with this. Okay, a uh, couple of things that I want to touch uh, from uh, the body of Christ's point of view or the church's point of view is how can we manage or how do we deal with this? Like, I think I spoke about the causes. I, and I probably gave you a description of what depression is all about. I kind of gave you an idea of what are the causes. Now, very important to uh, take this opportunity and also educate and try and understand how as a church we can work towards this uh, scenario, work towards these cases. Um, uh, I think we touched on this last night uh, uh, when we were discussing. One of the thing is, as a congregation or as a church, we need to be more open or we need to be creating an environment where uh, people who are dealing with the situations are, uh, you know, feeling more free to discuss this openly. You know, you understand what I'm saying? We need to create an environment wherein people are comfortable talking about this concept. We need to create an environment where people can just approach uh, and, and put a discussion there. So that's one of the primary lookout when it comes from a fellowship point of view. Of course, as a church setup, we have a very limited exposure or interaction that we have. And especially with this whole uh, lockdown, it, that's even more or less. You know, we hardly uh, got to see each other and, and this is like after almost three months that we are gathering in this place. So it's even more tough. So one of the things that we have to emphasize uh, is to have a constant follow-up with all the people. And uh, when I say follow-up, it's just to have that relationship built see if you want be, if you really want some you want some to help someone you need to actually have that relationship built at the first place you can't just uh, put them in a spot and tell okay tell me what you're going through that, that's probably the wrong approach it has to be more uh, you know more in line or uh, aligned with the understanding that you are my friend and you will you're there for me and that's where we as pastors and leaders need to step in and take this responsibility. And, and I'm so proud, um, you know, to say this, that I have my spiritual father, Pastor Vijay, 
when he knew about this, he flew all the way from Mumbai just to be with us uh, on one afternoon. And, and I was so moved with that expression that uh, he's someone who's so busy out there, you know. He has tons of meeting out there, but uh, just one call made him, you know, come from all the way from Mumbai and spend one afternoon with us. Gave me that confidence that, uh, that I can do the same for someone else. I can, I can be a hell for someone else. And trust me, when he came down and uh, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't do anything as such, but he was just there sitting with us, understanding and talking to us. And that changed the whole atmosphere that we were going through. And, and, and it still amazes me that saying that if, if someone at that level, you know, like can do it, we have so many of such examples in our place, in our workplace, in our, um, you know, offices, in our schools, colleges. Why can't we take this as an opportunity? Why can't we, uh, you know, uh, help uh, someone who is going through a similar scenario. It doesn't need to be a very professional approach, but as simple as catching up on a coffee would really help. As simple as you talking to them or chatting, them, chatting with them on WhatsApp or on phone would actually give them that, that little ease. I hope you understand what I'm trying to portray here. It's about the intentional approach as leaders and as pastors that we need to have amongst our people. That means we need to actually identify and be observant what is exactly the scenario and initiate that relationship and build it up over a period of time. And there will be a point wherein uh, you would be in a place wherein you can share, you can understand, and if it is in your capacity, of course we can take that opportunity to help that person. And in cases and scenarios wherein it's too much, Probably, since we are not experts, we are not professionally qualified to counsel people here, but we can guide them to right resource. You know, we can guide them to counselors, we can guide them to pastors who have more experience dealing in that scenarios, uh, who has more uh, understanding how do we deal with those examples. We can do that. And, and that can be a helping hand as, as, a, as a church or as a fellowship that we have. So follow-up or, or initiating that conversation is very, very important. The second thing, I think we touched this uh, yesterday, and uh, humorously, a very funny point of view also, we, whenever we have someone approaching like, like this, you kind of get panic and you go into depression. You know, like, oh, wait, 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 this is not how, that's something that we need to avoid. You know, like, uh, probably um, not really, uh, uh, go into very spiritual mode at the very beginning, but try and understand and initiate that conversation and eventually lead them to a place where, you know, they are calm and composed and they are ready to listen. Uh, I really like the point that Elena put uh, yesterday, is that asking them the question, why are you in this state? Uh, yeah, that's Pastor Prijit, then Elena, and then me. They came from Pastor Prijit. So why are you in this place and why... Uh, why are you dealing with this? So it's like self-analyzing and self-prospect uh, or self-examining. Why are you there and what is that you need? And that is definitely, you know, 
uh, give you a better insight of about the whole of things that we are dealing in. Amen. Is it making sense? All right. Is it, is it, is it helping you in, in some way? I'm not sure if uh, any of us are actually uh, going through uh, this uh, tendency of depression or, or being in that state. Uh, I can very well tell it out of my experience. It's not a very good place to be in. It's not a very happy place to be in. And we have to be very careful when we deal with such scenarios. Amen. Amen. Uh, I'm not really sure what's there on the slide. Let's go to the next. next uh, okay, let's move next. All right, yeah, very important point. Uh, God will bring good even out of depression. I mean, this is something that we got to keep declaring. We, not, we need to keep uh, uh, putting as a strong point and not just uh, um, be there. Because uh, I, I believe the prophet that Jonah had or the prophet in Jonah really came out of the whole scenario that he went through. You know, I'm not saying to get great, you got to get into depression, no. But I'm saying you're still connected. You know, that's my point. I, I'll reconnect to that point. You're still connected with God and uh, God is going to bring, is God is going to, uh, you know, bring good. God wants you to do good. God wants you to have good things with you. So there is always a good thing that is going to come out of it. Okay. Um, now I again want to read uh, Psalms 139. So if you can put that on the screen. Since we're discussing this, I want to go back and uh, make this as a very important uh, scripture to understand more from the topic that we discuss. And to just to show the heart of God, how much He cares or how much He, he, he is looking after you. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. We would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7pm or a Sunday morning service at 11am. For more information, please visit our website streamingrevival.com